yeah we're, we're excited to get started with survivor 41 coming up soon and i and uh i'm actually gonna try getting back on the the big brother train here patty because i'm gonna you need to this what this now might have... you, you, you're gonna no. try now yeah. i'm gonna try now yeah. like, now like, you've only watched 20 from this, like, seasons you can, in a row. You can... Like you can totally binge this season. It's oh, been really this good. Season, this um, season, I've, I've I'll really yeah, enjoyed it. That's what I'm gonna binge this season. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you're listening to the Cutthroat Podcast. We got at Morgan from Oz, at Patty from Cut, at Where to Waco here to talk about episode four of the challenge, in which a lot happened in this jam-packed episode. Right away, TJ lets us know you're gonna have some extra challenge. That's how you know. Okay, this has the potential to be an extra jam-packed episode with some good stuff or just an extra jam-packed episode which is some bullshit but this one i actually feel like they gave us a lot so right away we we're getting the vibe of the house they're all getting back into the house and we're, we're kind of seeing people go off into the little corners what did we notice in the beginning there from from you guys what do you guys have i i i mean this this episode is was clearly big brother centric um but i noticed that Fessy and Josh are like have, were, were immediately disagreeing as soon as they got back into the house on like what they should really do because they all agree that it's starting to get time to take shot at a veteran or or take a shot at a veteran or take a shot at a non rookie rookie team and that was like the theme going into the first daily challenge or the daily challenge for this week and the and Josh really did not want Fessy to blow up his game like that. I, I thought that was really interesting. And obviously we ended up seeing what happened. Morgan, did you have any, any thoughts or anything that you kind of noticed in the beginning? Cause we kind of saw like some like showman stuff happening, but also like some gameplay. So you had, we, we had the dial connection. So Devin and Kyle kind of explained the thing, but you also mentioned Josh and Fessy. Did you notice anything in particular from their conversations happening? Yeah, I've never seen so many men declare their best friendship with somebody. Like, like, oh, he's my best friend. Like, that's a very strange thing for so many males to be discussing their best friends. I don't, I don't know about that. Well, well I would say on, uh, I would say it's weird in, in this particular case on like on this show, or just like to throw that term out there because it's like if bananas were to throw that term out there about Leroy, that's actually true. Like off the show, they're best friends in real life, and I think that might be the case more so for like Fessy and Josh, but like Devin and Kyle, like Kyle's making it evidently clear that like that Devin's just the most like him in the house, and they like gravitate towards each other. It's not even it's it's not even like a situation where like he's like oh like happy that it's his best friend he's just like Devin's Devin's my best friend by default you know just just some kind of shit like that like they have two definitions of what their friendship is and like Kyle's like explaining that like the snake that they're all calling Kyle he's like trying to be like what I'm not a snake is like very he's very clearly being a snake in his interviews and like how how he's handling everything and it's kind of interesting because like the one thing that I think that was that that was a small like conflict that we might see later come to light later on is that Corey and Nelson starting to get into Devin's ear telling him about Kyle so I think we're gonna see some Kyle Corey Nelson drama end up coming out and this is like just the small beginning of it did you did you happen to notice any of that Morgan yeah well they considering that it didn't have any impact on who went this time it's obviously being set up for later in the season. So I think that there is more to come in regards to the Devon and Kyle or Dial 
better friendship and um and the um blossoming best friendship between uh Josh and Devin who were enemies but now all of a sudden they're friends who holiday together and I hate it I hate it it was so much it was so enjoyable last season when, when Devin and Josh were going at each other but uh yeah, Josh it feels, like, it feels like Devin's done a face turn and I fucking hate that yeah, he he's gone completely 180 on who he, he normally is in this game. And it's all about like he has done a really good job politically and socially of, of solidifying his spot. Because oh, he's not he, he's not in the outs. The right, it's the right move for his game, but it's not the right move for me watching him rip oh, no. shreds. We need the chaos. If if Wes isn't gonna be there and Devin's like the you know, somewhat similar chaos creator to Wes, he needs to come to the house and start doing that like he did with double agents. It was so wonderful the way he did that. But what the way I'm I'm looking at it is he keeps hinting at the veteran war. He's done this now in, in the last couple episodes, in, including this most recent one. And the exciting thing about that is that you know he he has if he gets there if he makes it there, Devin has something already in plan in motion that he's gonna execute when they when they end up getting there. And he uh, and like the one thing that I thought was very smart is when he's talking to Josh, and I know we can get to that club scene a little bit later, but he threw out CT's name as someone who he doesn't want to run against the final. So it's smart that that name's already in the back of his mind. But again, it's all about keeping their veteran alliance close because keeping your veteran alliance close is smart for him and Dev. It's smart for Josh and Devin, like they're trying to do to get to the final to, to compete because other people are going to want the two of them there to compete either. It's, it's, it's an easy win with those guys there. So, uh, we go into the daily challenge. We we see that they're going to be suspended from this like contraption, thirty five feet in the air. They have to give off a code. Which, by the way, the reason why the second heat went much faster than the first heat is because they started changing the system of saying line dot instead of saying dash dot. They were all saying dash dot 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 dash, and like it was confusing the hell out of everyone in the first heat. So I just thought that was smart. But how great was Huey? I've been wanting, I've been so excited to talk about Huey because he's like my favorite person, another big brother guy, but obviously big brother, uh, what, uh, UK, uh, yeah, UK. yeah, big brother, UK, but like, oh my God, he is so scared of heights. It's if they keep making him do things that require him either being suspended from like the air, like suspended in the air or jumping into a giant, like sea. Like, I feel so bad for that guy in those challenges because, like, like we saw in the elimination, we'll get more to it. Huey can, Huey can beast at a competition if he needs He's to. a boxer. I'm a boxer. He's a boxer. I'm a boxer. I'm a boxer. Why, Morgan, how do you feel actually, about it? Why is she setting him up to fail like that? Obviously, like, he has proven that he is terrified. So why would they even – is it really that hard to run and put a code in? Like – no, anyone can do that. Why? Why is he up there? Yeah, and if anything, he'll understand. He'll understand her better than she'll understand him. And like, he's not moving anywhere either. So like, she had to end up guessing it. But it's just like, yeah, I, I totally agree. She should have been in the position where she's the one that's going up there and doing that instead of screaming her head off at the guy and like, really just giving him a hard time. You can't be mad at him if you like, you know, he's terrified, and you still sent him up there. You stupid bitch. <laughs> she's she is like it, it's so funny how much she's painting a target on her back and like how bad ashley is at this game now 
because she was at one point good at this game. She is so bad at it now. It, it's insane. Like the way she treats people just because she's won two times, which by the way, she won the first time she won, great win. Second time, easiest final of all time. She only had to run like four and a half miles total that whole final. It was a joke. So it's just like, like you need to keep those wins in the past and you need, you know, think about how you're going to play this game better in the future instead of just being mean to people all the time. And like, Huey's a really nice guy. That moment he had with CT working out when CT's like trying to get him stronger. That was wonderful. I love that little moment that the two of them shared together. And like CT sees the true players in this game that have heart. And he, you know, he sees that in Huey. CT sees weakness and that's what he's trying. He's building up his army because he knows that those vets are going to come from eventually. So he'll go into the gym with, with fucking stupid Huey who can't balance on a ball and, and like pump up, give him some confidence because he's building an army. Don't be so fucking naive. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely, he's definitely just getting people to kind of be in his favor. Cause he knows a lot of these vets are going to try to throw him out at some point. So he's seen which rookies he's going to keep around. He used to around. have on his side and now friends with Josh. So he can't have Devin and Kyle to look after him later on in the game. Cause they're, vets now and they're in with big brother so now he has to go and get huey do you think that he really wanted to make that loser bounce like balance on the ball no he didn't i, I mean you're I right it, it's i don't think he minded it i think a part <laughs> like, no but she's right a part of it is strategic yeah, play, i agree though. because because uh, everything the one thing is. ct's picked up from wes and he's learned from wes is the value of rookies when you're when you're with some of these other vets that like you've beaten so many times so it's like Corey and nelson too like he can't you know even though those guys are more challenge based and mtv based he can't necessarily rely on them either because he's beat the shit out of them you know for how many times he's beat those dudes in finals you know two or three times now and morgan's completely right like he he's just he's going for the long play he's he's playing a really strong social game and and ct always knows you know he used to do it with like hooking up with the like the young rookies that would come in but now it's just kind of like which ones he can manipulate by kind of trying to be that mentor role a little, you know what I mean? So if Huey was if Huey was in a rookie rookie pair, there's no way CT would have been up there helping him balance because he would have known he was not long for the game. So what was the point? So speaking of, are there any more? Or there's one more rookie pair now because of the uh, yeah they, of the infiltration at the end. But I wanted to talk first about. Uh, Corey and Michelle's deal to Fessy, like, and and how it ended up working out because, like, I thought that it was a very good game move, like, it, like for Fessy and Corey, like, I I felt like they were they would all work well together, kind of a thing, like, I, I it's a good Big Brother style of move is is that type of move right there, like, all right, you, you already know you're going up, you want some help if we help you out and you make and you stay in that's great but did not work out that direct it did not work out that way so before before we get a little bit into that patty yeah. and i and i think and I, and I agree with you it was a good move i i'm saying it's a good move on Corey's part um you know you have to think long term in this game and, and it's very clearly evident now that with fessy that's just not going to be a strong suit and in that's not going to be something he's going to learn soon or relatively like easy because like there's only there's only so many times you could treat your own people in the foot right so we we have we can speed through this daily challenge to kind of get to the politics of the game because that's what we're really here for right guys so we have this daily challenge first he goes on the, the whole thing is just don't let 
Uh, what was can, that? Can I say one thing back yeah. on that? This is what Fessy was trying to do with Kells, but Kells just was so like, he was just not buying it. So this same deal that Corey and Michelle approached Fessy with, like Fessy wanted Kells to give him that because Kells is a shield for Fessy. He's a big dude. He's a rookie. So he's always going to be a target first. And so like this situation was ideal for Fessy. Not only did it suit him, but they came to him. So they figure it's their idea and the power's in like in he he has the power to choose so he likes that more rather than him approaching Kells to do it like he wanted Kells to do it to ask him and and to like be on board whereas Corey and Michelle served that up to Fessy on a platter but I think I do think it was a good thing for them to do because they were always going to go in yeah and I mean and that's the entire like right mindset to have and the the their downfall was definitely overestimating who they had, like who they were going up against. But so, so yeah, let, honestly, let's, let's just Fester wins the, the challenge. Fessy and Esther, the only notable thing that came from it was Devin and Kyle getting into the beef because Kyle was selfish and he wanted to win. Self-admittedly, he wanted to win. So he eliminated who was first. He knew what the plan was. He played when Devin said, you're smarter than this. He was smarter than that. And he was playing stupid and he was just being a snake. We had a really great moment from, from Emmy where she's like, I'm pissed. And and so on, but we get to we get to this and we see this move happening. But it's so smart, like it's just so smart on Corey and Michelle's part because you want to have that right mindset going into elimination. But when you underestimate your opponent, that's when you're already thinking it's an easy win and you're not going to go and ready to fight, you know, completely with everything. And it was interesting to see some of those moves, but like right away, Josh is like adamantly telling Fessy, like, and we saw this in the beginning from the pool. Do not target Amber B. Don't target Amber B. But guys, I've been, I don't, have you guys been checking out challenge Twitter at all? Like since this episode aired or like around the time this episode aired, Morgan, have you been looking at anything? Have you been seeing any of the tea? Uh, uh, a little bit, but no, please fill me in. Have you seen the tea that Amanda has been putting out there about Fessy? Ooh. No. No. Okay. Please, please. So according to Twitter sources, so you know, reckless speculation. Um, there's word out there that Fessy and Bettina were hooking up around during this episode and that there was some stuff going down between them and that there's like a rift now between Fessy and Amanda around this time. And also, Michelle Fitz might have been flying out to uh, to the Orlando area to hang out with old, the old Lockfest monster, believe the hype, hashtag, as his OnlyFans would say. So um, I thought I'd bring this information to us, some tea to us, because I believe this context makes a lot of sense to what happens in the elimination for who Fessy throws in. What do you guys feel about it? Am I being completely reckless or does it make some sense? Let's talk about this. Let's dish about this. Morgan, what do you feel? Is it some of the stuff that you've been seeing or what? Look, I don't want to slander Michelle, but look, she's um, become accustomed to shooting where she eats she love loves a loves a romance um and she's not doesn't seem to be very picky when it comes to the smart guys the dumb guys she likes them all so it doesn't surprise me that she would be somewhat interest, interested in, in the lockfest monster poor emmanuel the but i don't know i think emmanuel's just fine i think emmanuel yeah. has um put up to tory so he's quite okay True, he'll be fine. 
He'll be okay. On to the next for him. I believe but, she went to. I believe she's gone to visit him now. Tori. Uh huh. Wow! Look at that. This, this is this is fine. for you. We found wow, love in a hopeless place. You can't yell out to Michelle that you love her and she leaves and then get up, get with Tori, who was targeting her the whole time. Yeah, that's a bold move. <laughs> bold strategy. Yeah, let's see if it pays it's off bold for strategy, Cotton. Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> that's so funny. Like the, oh my God. Like it's funny when Fessy's in a place of power. Just to see the misuse of it. This is like oh. the fourth episode, the fourth oh. elimination. There's still like almost 30 people like left in this house. And it's just so insane that like they've been preaching all this stuff. And like, did you not learn anything from like Tori almost shooting herself in the foot? Because now if, if I'm any like if I'm anyone in the house, like it's fair game for them to start taking, you know, to going at him. So let, let's talk about this, like the implications that a lot of this is going to have. So. Go ahead, Patty. Well, I I want to I want to ask you guys: Who do you think is now like because of like this episode? Who do you think is now the biggest veteran target in the house? Is it Kyle or is it Fessy? Because it was, like both of those guys have pissed off the entire house. Fessy Fessy is up is up there. He's 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 well because now he's the thing is like Kyle did something in a daily challenge. And Fessy actually fired the first veteran shot when it comes to elimination. And the thing is, it's like that Amber B, when she had that whole talk with, with Casey, she's completely right. She didn't get carried at all by the Big Brother Alliance last season. That was her and Darrell for, for most of it. She had to do the shit on her own. She fought Teresa on that net when they were like battling a helicopter over the water on her own. She had to show off, you know, how much of a badass she was in the final on her own. She didn't get carried at all, which I totally agree with her. And like, the fact that they were making all this claim in like this these statements and it's like they're scared of Amber B. They saw what she can do. They're legitimately scared of her, and that's why they're withholding game information with her and like don't want her to know anything. Cause it's like with Fessy, it's like, okay, like you took a shot at her last season, missed, she wins the final, and she's willing to squash everything, and you think, okay, she's gonna take a shot at me again. She's not worried about how much of a threat you could be to her in your game, because she's already beaten you. Does that make sense? Like, does that like, cause it's just like, it, it's crazy. Just the, how much these, these guys just don't think. And especially Fessy, like he had his mind made up, like from the very get go, Amber B's going in. He's not going to throw Bettina going in because of some of the spicy tea. We, you know, some, find out some about tea, some, some tea. tea. Exactly. So, you know, it, it's just, it's so stupid. Morgan, what, how, how did you feel about this move? I mean, I will say it was great television for us because now finally like shit's getting stirred up but it's just typical fessy i think fessy's at the top of that veteran threat he because he's he's a big threat and he just did something really fucking stupid so well, him and tori are up there like for me so well protected he was protected by yep. his friends and protected by his biggest enemy he called her like she was like she literally said this episode she was willing to protect him it's and, it's a general and, like, theme. It's so dumb. It is just so dumb. In a game of strategy where you need to build relationships, you need to be able to look past whether you like somebody or not. It, this is not about friendship. You need to build relationships with people and you need to be able to move past whatever personal feelings you have. 
especially ones that just stem from nothing. They were the ones that were mean to her last season. She did nothing wrong to them. She is lovely. She beat them fair and square, and they are just, just bitter losers. Well, I mean, but it's a common theme of Fessy, like, to just blow up his entire game for no fucking reason. Like, he did it in Big Brother. It sounds like he's done it every year on the challenge. Like, him and Josh. Like, the fact that Josh won Big Brother is just such fucking horseshit that it it blows me. It blows my mind anytime it gets brought up, and it kind of upsets me because he didn't deserve the win. But because he did get that win, now he is best friends with Fessy, or at least on the challenge, he's best friends with Fessy. And he sees what Fessy is. He sees what Fessy does, and Fessy is literally only going out for himself and that is it he is only looking out for himself and he doesn't care and he's not and he's too he's too narrow-sighted to see the bigger picture and see what taking that shot is actually going to do to him well because the thing is he's got there's there's plenty of people with plenty of like issues in this house that want to you know act on them but they all put that shit aside and it's like nelson nelson wants to go for you nelson has you know, he told you from day one, like, don't come up to me. Don't talk to me. Like, yeah, he's willing to work for him as a business thing for him. But like now, like, it's like, it's all fair game. If Nelson wants to take a shot at Fessy, he can take a shot at Fessy. And like with Casey, like, I, I don't know what kind of world she's living in. Like we saw some of the previews coming up, but it's like this alliance or whatever you guys have. Like, I know she was saying like, oh, it's not the big brother alliance anymore. Cause it's really not. But like, you could be loyal to Fessy and Josh, but if there's a rift between the two of those guys there, you guys have like nothing. Like it's just you relying on Nani and it's like, what do you have at that point? So Morgan, what kind of notes did you have um, about any of this or just anything in particular about the episode that maybe you wanted to talk about? So I wanted to talk about the, uh, uh, just, I want to talk about Esther. What a coming out episode for Esther. Like I, I loved seeing her, dominate like she won that challenge for them and fessy even gave her credit somewhere afterwards that like she nailed it she was so good and like great to watch i really really liked seeing her this episode also um amanda not using the walkie-talkie and just yelling was magnificently funny but the fact that she was like, no, I'm not doing this. I can just yell from here with my obnoxious voice. Such a yes. smart, like strategic yes, gameplay can. too. Because yeah. the, the other teams are going to, the other teams are going to be able to hear over the walkie talkies because of her loud ass voice. That was so funny. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that back up. That was like, yeah, that was the best moment where she's just like, fuck this shit. I'm just going to use oh. my God given talents. <laughs> just this annoying bitchy voice that I have. I'm going to use it to the best of my ability. And it worked. Dash! Dash! What else, Morgan? Um, also, Emmy, Emmy's reaction to when she lost her shit at Kyle. And, and, and then she's like, take that dick out of town, like caught him in the head. And they're like, no, we still want him to win. Like, Yeah, that was, that was, that was, what did she call him? That di- uh, She put him a dickhead. Kick that dickhead ass. She said, oh yeah, kick that dickhead ass. That's what she said. I was That's laughing that. so hard. And then Devin being like, no, 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 we, we still want him to win. That was hilarious. Did you know what? Okay, I thought Devin only had the one banana hammock. By the way, just quick side note: Did you notice he had like he was had like two or three other different ones in this episode? 
I was like, he, okay, that's just the look he's going for with like the beer belly out. And like, he's like, this is the most shirtless they've ever shown him on the show. And he's just everywhere. But that was just, yeah, I agree. That was a great line. Uh, sorry, continue on. No, I just really, I loved that. I loved her. That was the all we saw from Emmy this episode. Um, but it was great. Oh, Emmy had, Emmy is like just the gift that keeps on giving through some of these episodes. Cause did you see how they had to help her down the stairs after she got paired with Gabo? No. <laughs> yeah, go if you go back and watch the episode, like after like it's announced that she's like she's with Gabo, they, she's got literally like two people helping her down the stairs as she's crying. Cause it's like it's quite obvious we don't like they're all not dumb. They know like they're they're the only she like in that moment she realizes like wow, they just fed me to another rookie rookie pair. Devin left me like she was probably a little heartbroken too, because you know, she has a big heart. We're, we're learning how emotional she is, but like she was literally sobbing and they had to help her down the stairs because she was sobbing. I mean, yeah. she's with Gabo. These rookies, these rookies are emotional. Very emotional. They're fiery. Like, they came like to play. Huey, like Huey, after he revealed that he self-voted, like those tears, that that wasn't like, oh, shit, I need to apologize now, tears. Like that dude was heartbroken. Like he didn't have the balls to just vote for anyone because he didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Like, so he voted for himself. Like that dude, need, like even his reaction when they were when they were doing the challenge and they their key and instead of like continuing and winning he decides he needs to start yelling at them <laughs> oh that was on that was one of the greatest eliminations i've seen in a long time we did not it get any so elimination good. that good like this good um well let's 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 talk about the elimination like everything that happened in general because i know we're kind of talking about like like lasting impacts that'll happen in the house. And, and, and I guess we should shift back to this because like everything that happened between Coriel and Huey, although like, you know, they, they've talked in the, and they're cool now. And like some of the stuff like was kind of surprising that it happened. Like it was just crazy. A lot of the fighting and just the going back and forth, like Coriel was ready to like defend himself from the very get go. Uh, he would uh, like, <laughs> why are you cursing at me? Well, you don't have to curse at me. Like when he's like yelling at it, poor Huey, man. He's just, you know, just trying to explain his piece. Like they have the 20 minutes to talk and deliberate. So they get, so we get to elimination and it's just hilarious right away. Like Josh knows when Fessy starts his speech, he just tells him, don't do it. Don't do don't it. Don't do it. Don't do and it. Don't like do it, the Fessy. Whole, the whole explanation of like, I don't know where I'm at on that list. And it's just like, dude, that's a couple weeks away. Take your shot then. Like. Like I, I agree so that we should talk about that we should talk about um Esther because she is yeah, she's fantastic. And I think this is a new thing that we're starting to see in the challenge where they kind of give their bona fides as far as their like their their how big their brain is, like their brain flexing. So her telling like I'm a valedictorian, you know, law student, top three percent of my class out of six thousand students, what's up? You know what I mean? Like it it's really cool that they're they're letting him have that moment where she totally shined, she totally kicked ass. And she's going to be a really strong competitor going forward. And I think, like, Fessy, if one thing he is smart enough to realize is that he's got a great partner. I think that you should address um, Esther as a valid Victorian, not a valid Victorian. Yeah, um, she's a so, valid Victorian. Yeah, she's a valid Victorian. God, we, um, need, we need that you don't get the show sound. Yeah, Jesus. God. Give him one job. Um, yeah, so, like, 19th Esther, episode. Podcasting experience. Still with the flex um, on 
I'm smarter than the 6,000 people I went to school with. Um, good for you. But she really did prove that she was, um, that she came to play. Yeah, from the very get-go, she's, she's been she's been on top of it. Like, she's been, you know, a great, like, he he had even mentioned, like, oh, she can sprint. So we're seeing with her, you know, we got to, there we go, Patty. We see, we're seeing right away that we have, like, you know, somebody who who's a very balanced player and a very underrated player. And she's in the right situation right now, kind of being who she's paired with. But it's going to be interesting going forward because he's going to be a major target now. And to the point where it's like, you know, if, if you piss off enough people in the house and with what he did, pissing off the veterans, if they all decide, hey, this guy's a huge, enormous, enormous threat. Like, why are we even like wasting our time? Like what they used to do with CT is like very first elimination, try to get him out. And that's why he's won so many dailies because he's had to keep himself out of elimination from like the athletic beast he once was. And if I'm them next episode, that, that has to be the serious consideration because Josh, because Josh already knows, like, you doing this, everybody's going to come for who you're associated with. They're going to come for you. They're going to come for Casey. They're going to come for me now. We're your closest allies, and you pulling that shit is going to make them think that we are on board with that shit because we're on board with you. And, like, him being like, oh, well, let's see how this goes. It's like, dude, you've already turned on Nelson and Corey. Now you've done this shit to Josh. Like, Casey, whether Casey believes it or, or not, and, like, this is a, a shot at her too. Yeah. And I think no, Casey, is. Casey is of the mindset of like, well, I'm on board with Josh and Fessy, but this is not a Josh and Fessy move. This is solely for Fessy's game. This isn't to benefit their alliance. This is solely to benefit Fessy. So it's, it's, it's like interesting that like to see how that deny, that dynamic is going to carry out with them. But like the fight was funny how they had security and you Josh calling him a dumbass, like a total typical Josh emotional blow up. We're, oh, you, know, yeah. you get one every season. They don't disappoint. Looks like the goofy is. And this one was valid. Like it was so valid. Yeah. They, they, this is the first like, time I've seen Fessy blow up with when he actually had a valid reason. Like like to blow up. Like in the Big Brother house, he would blow up for no reason. And like, yeah, he's, he's thing, done that in the challenge this house time too. Yeah. He actually does have like a real gripe. And I'm sorry, Morgan. No, they like it, this. It's, it's just a crazy move to me because it doesn't benefit Fessy at all in the game. It turns everyone against him. Like, everyone knows that they can't trust him for what he did to Nelson. Again, like, Josh was in a good position with Amber. Why Why would you want that for your best friend? Over yeah, like, like, it the makes fact, no sense to the me. Fact that, yeah, the fact that she's tied to your number one... They're not going to, what, if she throws you down into the into the lair, do you think Josh is going to say, okay, Fessy too? No, he's not going to go along with that shit. Like, he's going to go along with somebody else, and they're going to, it's going to, it's going to force, you know, some other kind of twist in the game. Like, it's she's not. She's not going to do that. Yeah. Like she, like, she had that conversation with Amber. She's the one that had to go and try and smooth things over with Amber. She had her completely, completely fleeced. Amber walked away from that conversation going, Amazing! I'm going to protect Casey, and I'm going to protect I'm going to protect Fessy, and of course I'll protect Josh. Whereas Casey walked away from that and was like, "Fine, but you're on the bottom." And it's so like, like as, if, as if Casey wouldn't have gone back to Fessy and been like, "No, she's cool." So it, like, if you don't trust your number one ally and Ka Casey, who is supposed to be like your your ally as well, like he he doesn't have 
anyone else's interests in his mind. Like he's a complete narcissist. He doesn't give a shit about anybody else. And the thing is too, and like bananas would, would say this as well. Those smaller pawns that you have in your alliance, you treat them as every bit as valuable as everybody in the alliance until you absolutely like right before the final and you can get rid of them. Like, like, yeah, it sucks to do that, but that's how it's been played in the past. He's done that to Paula, you know, and, and like, that's kind of the, how the, it works in the challenge. So it like, works with, in, like that in everything, because when you have an yeah. alliance, there's always somebody on the top, there's always somebody on the bottom. And the only way that you can keep it together is by not allowing the person on the bottom to know that they're on the bottom. So and, you need, you need to be going like, not just in case you tour, why don't you go, you go and mend whatever bridge you think needs mending, which didn't anyway, but go and reassure her, go and get the information for yourself. That's like, if you don't put in the time to build a relationship with somebody, then that's on you. You're an idiot. The fact that, yeah, the fact that like Josh didn't even think to sit the two of them down in a room together. And be but like, why hey, wouldn't let's Casey do that? If Casey, yeah. Casey would have known that that Fessy had these feelings towards Amber because, like, he hasn't been like shy about sharing it. Casey like, and Fessy, Josh knew he was going to do it before he even did it. So, Casey like, and Fessy would have sim- known too. They have a similar view of her. They, they 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 just don't trust her as far as they can throw her. Like they she's they never look- once done anything to them to give them that to make him believe that. It's because like, there's it's because the fact that there's shouldn't be doing anything with Fessy anyway. She yeah. fucking hurt her hurt her knee or whatever she did to her knee. He still made her run and then wouldn't even eat. So he can he should fucking walk into the ocean. Yeah, it, it's it's unbelievable that she's still going to how hard she's still like defending this dude. And like still is like on the like, kind of the same mindset as him when it's like like you're completely right. She he's selfish like you know he he'll screw her over the, the the chance he gets. He's he's showing that he's just there's nobody he will stick up for in this game other than himself. Mm-hmm. But and, I think that's because Casey is socially awkward, and I don't think she has the ability to make any bonds with new people. So she's just going to rest on the Big Brother Alliance because that's easy. Like yeah, okay, she has Nani now, and that's going to protect her a little bit. But she like. I've never seen her have a conversation with CT. I've never seen her have a conversation really with Big T. Like she doesn't, they're not showing her building bonds with anybody outside of her circle. It's almost like a- Which is really like, really like narrow-minded. It's high school-ish. It's almost like a bit, like a big kind of click kind of thing where the cool kids and like, we're not going to, you know, talk to anybody else. And they kind of have this thing. But the thing is, is like on double agents, that arrogance about like Casey and Fessy and this like big brother alliance developed there because they had the numbers, right? You had Leroy, you had Cam working with you. Nani still was working with them at the time, Kyle too. But on this season, there's been so many rookies and there's been like some of those, like Kyle and Cam aren't there or sorry, Cam and Leroy aren't there. You don't have certain players there. So the alliance isn't as strong and it's a lot smaller. It's just the three of them this time around with, with, with Nani. They had Cam to do that social yeah, Cam. Cam is yeah. She's she elite. The, she was the like she was the glue. She's exactly. the one that and and the one that binds them to other people. So like she was the one that brought it all together. Blue girl. When when they don't have that because none of them have any charisma. None of them have the ability to like network. They're just awful. No, I, 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 have, I have no idea how Josh could win a social game ever. Uh, it, it, it's it's because they voted against the. 
guy he was sitting next to, not because of his performance. Yeah. Here's here's the thing with with Josh in this one. The the glue in this game is Josh and, and Devin's connection. Mm-hmm. That that's the whole glue holding everything together in this game. And if anything, I would say that Devin is playing the smarter game because we've we like I'm glad you brought up his his heel turn as much as we hate it because it's actually showing like oh he's playing the game completely different. Devin is like learned a lot of the confrontation that he's brought to the show every season he's been on. Because mind you, Devin was on Double Agents. But if you look for the season that Devin was on before that, I think it was like maybe uh, Final Reckoning, which was a few seasons back. And he hadn't been on for a while, but he was having constant drama and confrontations every time he was on. And eventually it would culminate with him being thrown out. I think he's only been like in one final. So we're... we're, I think that's like once he's... Because he's now established himself amongst the challenge. Yeah. So he's like, to to get brought back, like you need a storyline. So you need to establish some kind of feud with somebody. So he did that with Josh because Josh is dumb and Josh doesn't understand. So he can pick on him. And so he like that's what he, him and Kyle can bond over, the fact that they're like 10% smarter than the other knobs. And and so they play on that. And like he sucked Josh in every time. Like he could turn on him tomorrow and suck him in again. Josh has no idea. Like he's not playing with a full set of cards. So, like, that's Devin's easy way to get back on the challenge. He's established himself now, so they're always going to call him back. He doesn't need to do that. Now he can win. So now Devin is is trying to win. Yeah. And, and that's I... smart for him because he, like, he's he's guaranteed himself a check next time, like, for turning up. But why not make that a million dollars? Yeah, and I think I, like, I keep bringing up Bananas as an example, but he has mentioned before in the past kind of, like, coming on the show and specifically looking to get Wes out as opposed to winning the season that he's on. And like, that's been his downfall in the past. And with Devin, that's been Devin's downfall. I He's coming on to get bananas out specifically. He's coming out to get Josh or people out from big brother specifically. And he's not having his eye on the prize. And it's a good point that you're bringing up because that's exactly what Devin has going on. His eye is solely focused on the final. He's put all his bullshit aside. It's on the final. He's working with Josh. And like, at first I was like, like, watching like kind of like oh is he insulting josh for saying like i want to run the final with you but then when he was like turning around and being like no we want to run this against each other like we don't want to compete against ct we want to compete against each other like that is a such such a smart game move so you have to you have to show him that it benefits him yeah so that's 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 what that's what josh is going to go so obviously from what i'm hearing from you guys is that devin is actually going back and learning from what he did and that's something that fessy and josh don't fucking do they just no. don't do it. They literally come in and play the exact same game, regardless of the show, it appears, like that they played in the Big Brother house. And it doesn't translate like that. You can take aspects of that game that here, but it's not the same game. You can't play it that way. And also, no. Fessy loves to take shots at his own people like way too fucking early. Mm-hmm. It's just rinse and repeat with them. They are yeah. who they are. And that's why they're always going to be they'll get called back because they are who they are. They can be depended on to bring this kind of drama because Fessy will always turn on someone. Josh will always have conflict with somebody because they don't have the ability to like assess what they did wrong last time and then make a change. They've got no idea and they're not adaptable at all. See, like I hate that these are the people that are representing the game of Big Brother because I'd much rather go out and watch um, like a Derek X and an Xavier from this season of 
Big Brother 23. I'd much rather watch them in the challenge than either of those two. And honestly, Casey, too, because she's not that good for TV most most days. No. The the fact that Nani and Casey are now dating has actually taken Casey and Nani out of the show, which is like we need we need like it's like let's not. I'm so upset that they're in healthy, like a healthy relationship. It's just like, <laughs> but like, like they're in, a, they're in, they've got a romance on the show, and they're that boring. They don't even show it. Yeah, well, I, I also just think there's there's so many people there's so many people on this cast that like we need a purge, guys. Uh, uh, so the challenge has done this in the past, where we just had purge eliminations, where it's like sometimes we'll get rid of like three teams, four teams. Like, oh, it, they, like during a daily challenge or something or like a, a double elimination, like back to back weeks. We need something. We need to clear out the house a little bit because we just need to get like more of a of a macro like drama happening, like like zero in on some of the like the things we want to see a little bit more of because it's just it's too much at, at certain points. So just how many people there are. We're going to the club, which, by the way, Backstreet Boys is a great choice. It's just so much going on. But if we if getting like if back, I'm looking back on my notes, there like I feel like Priscilla forget completely that she's on the show. Like Bettina, where was Berna? Like these, like Berna's a good character. We didn't see a single thing from her, not a single confessional from Emmy, who was like star, like second to Michelle, but star of the first three episodes. We're not I have a feeling we're getting a lot of Emmy in the next one. Eighty-four thousand people. <laughs> like an episode of Lauer After Hours. It is. Like, I'm going back to my notes. And, like, I because I wrote down, I started, I'm such a loser. I started, like, writing every person who came on the screen and what they did. And so it says, like, Priscilla, like, she had a confessional. Rookie V-Vet. Corey, Rookie V-Vet. Big T and Logan. Oh, so Big T and Logan, romance. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Slowly, we've seen it, like, develop in the shadows over the last couple episodes. I haven't seen Logan once. And he's the most beautiful guy in the in the whole cast too, and yeah, it's like I want to I want to yeah I love I love that him and Anissa have their bilingual relationship, like the the way that they, they communicate with each other. Like she'll talk Spanish to him sometimes to, to kind of help their 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 situation. It's a little like it's like Kobe and Powell a little bit. Anissa's Kobe. Yeah, you just you just. Can leave that dead fish right there you just you just made with that kobe reference leave that well alone no pun intended no that's how just kobe and Powell communicated in spanish on the court and it kind of get and they had like a little kinship over it and i think anisa and logan yeah, have the same thing no. like they they have a strong okay. team that and like i love the relationship too because like logan is is a hundred percent supportive of anisa like anisa's had so many shit fucking dick alliances like she's always been the bottom of every alliance she's been on they always get rid of her right before the final she's always been treated like shit and like any partner she's had like it's like look at fessy last season just never believed in her and the fact that she's got somebody so supportive i really like logan but i agree like we need to see a little i would like to see a little bit more of the logan big big t uh like romance or whatever they have developing like i like michelle and emmanuel like we've seen them kiss once it was this episode. Um, Jeremiah and Amber B. We've seen them. Came seen out of nowhere. Before. Came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. I think, I think Amber B. Yeah. yeah. There's too many people. There's too many people. We need to start. We need a purge. We need a good purge. So well, stop making these challenges so effing long. Yeah, get get past the daily challenges and just give us all the the meat and potatoes of like the drama going on in the house. Like we don't need to, to have these long montages. Okay, fine, it's two heats. 
go through them quickly. Give us a nice little nineties rock band song or whatever, and, and yeah. keep it moving. Yeah. I don't need to say I'm detonate three bombs. Just yeah. go on. Like, and with I, the elimination, I understand the concept of what they're doing. I don't need to see them do it three times. So no, with the, the person, with- the person who did the first one, did, like ended it, like they wanted. So just do it once. I agree. I agree hundred percent. So with the elimination, we get Amber B and Huey. Corey's stoked because he wanted Huey, and he was kind of pissed because you know he's being underestimated, which rightfully show he he should be mad. And we kind of saw the beginning, and then uh, of him being you know saying like he's always been a fighter, and and you know CT meant you know you know we had mentioned CT kind of playing the long game, but he did mention you know that he noticed a little bit of the fighter in Huey, and this was a weird. Just a weird elimination, but this is, it was cool. I, I was, I've been waiting for them to have a one like this where like a level the playing field kind of elimination. And that's exactly what this was. And if you notice by Amber B, like all of her, like her clothes were all ripped. She was like going out like a hundred, like, like balls to the wall, hundred percent. Like she was ready to, to go and like, and play and fight in that elimination. But I, I found it pretty exciting and just hilarious when like Huey was just talking shit on the way back. How did you guys, what did you, what did you write down in your notes, Morgan, about the elimination? There's one reason why Amber B and Huey beat Corey and Michelle, and it was the height difference. Corey and Michelle have a really big height difference between them, whereas Amber B and Huey are similar height. So if you two have to maneuver the same pole and you're on one side of it, if you're the same height, you're going to hold it a lot more evenly when you move through. Whereas with the height difference, Corey wasn't as agile because he was too tall. So they would like Michelle was constantly struggling to try and get him to move. And that's why they lost. Yeah. And Corey had those huge, he has those huge ass shoulders and arms too. So it was like awkward for him, like to, to maneuver the, the way he, he like yeah. wanted to, he wasn't as flexible as you, as you'd think he'd be because his arms were just so massive. Yeah. If those two couples went against each other in a hundred different challenges, Corey and Michelle would win 95 of them. Yeah. Almost, almost any, any any of the ones they've, they've they've done so far too yeah they they would most likely or not even most likely they would have beat them in in those ones 100 percent with this a puzzle is, they win because michelle's great at puzzles yeah well that that's the the beauty you, of, Huey can't add up or read and amber wasn't very good with maths so if it's math, like she's dyslexic i think she said so like can't be a puzzle it's got words this was the perfect one for them it was just it was one of those situations where like and this, you'll see this happen in the challenge. It's not like a, a producing thing. Cause if, if it was a thing where like the producers knew like the matchups, you know, last season's eliminations would have been a lot better. <laughs> I think Yeah, they were just so they, mismatched. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have wanted to lose Michelle and Corey. Yeah. So, uh, like this one was really just perfect. And that, and that's what happens. There's, there's times where you go into these eliminations where it's like, oh, there's no way that this person can beat this person, but then the, the right elimination comes up where it completely like levels the playing field so like patty for example jordan who's who's my who i consider the the greatest challenger of all time he's won like three straight um he was he's he's tori's ex-fiance uh he hasn't been on a couple last season he was on was total madness but he um he was born essentially like his umbilical cord got wrapped around his left hand so he doesn't really have like a left hand so he had so he only has like a right hand but um, he's a he's a fucking beast. You know he he doesn't let it affect him in any way. So he's won cha- he won a tug of war against Josh in an elimination. 
and beat Josh. And he's, yeah. he's smaller than Josh. So if you if you watch, you can go and watch it on Paramount Plus. It's on War of the Worlds too. It was so awesome the way he like he did it just with one hand. But also um, there was one where like he went up against Theo, and Theo was just this elimination beast, and he's like six six and like an Olympic runner, like just a total athlete. And they had this sledgehammer um, one where they had to like break these lights. And Jordan just like uh, Jordan had to like work up the rhythm, but he had been in con- he had worked in construction even though like you know with one hand and whatnot. And Theo got the first three like really good, but gassed himself out. And then Jordan just smoked him with the with the rest of the eight, like just went eight straight. The dude's a badass. Uh, but there's he's he's had the right challenges, and that's what I'm trying to say is like this for Huey and Amber B was the right elimination to for them to to win and i think you i didn't even think about the height difference so i'm glad morgan brought that up because i that's a fantastic point what else do you have morgan all right so i've um found my notes <laughs> just to go back i'll just read them verbatim josh trying to convince fessy not to vote amber b in jesus fucking christ <laughs> um cory l and michelle v huey and amber josh goes apeshit Huey and Amber smoking them. They turn to go back. Huey keeps yelling at Corey, shut up. Loses the key. Amber and Huey win. Shattered. You've done this, Coriel. I want everyone to know Corey's done this because I have a few more friends than you. I love that that, like, he at was one point. that they liked me more than him. That's what it became about, like, who like who in the house <laughs> liked who more. And I'm glad they, like, they let their tempers cool off and, like, Corey kind of realized, you know, what he had did wrong but like like Corey's a nice guy you can tell he's a nice guy and he could tell that yeah like whatever Huey was saying to him like his feelings were hurt and and it it was personal for him because he's an emotional dude and Corey's a nice guy he didn't want to hurt his feelings like Corey was able to separate the two things Huey's not and Huey didn't want to leave and leave Huey upset like that but honestly it's so there there were two potential fights like in this entire scene, right? And that was between Huey and Corey and Jesse and Josh. And I really wish that nobody broke up the Fessy and Josh slap fight that it would have been. I would have, I would have loved to see the hair pulling, somebody holding somebody else's earrings like of Josh's or somebody. Like it, it would have been a cat fight. It would have been beautiful. And I'm really mad that the producers didn't give us that television. Yeah, if you said at the start of the episode that there's going to be a fight between Josh and, <laughs> Josh and Fessy and a fight between Corey and Huey and someone's going to push somebody, you wouldn't have picked Corey. No! <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought it was really funny and, like, he immediately regretted it. Like, he felt terrible. You could tell he felt terrible. Like, he didn't yeah. push him with, a, like, any kind of anger. <laughs> well, and, like, he knows that, like, you know, Huey's his guy and, and, and an ally to him too. And like, that's what he also felt bad about. And I'm glad that like the, I, what I was really happy about is that they gave Corey the space to have his apology and kind of explain why, like what he did was wrong and why he was sorry for it. And it was a really big growth moment. And I'm glad that we got, a. we haven't seen it yet, but TJ finally gave us a Coriel, Michelle, you know, you guys are great competitors and I really hope we see you back in this game someday. So that means that they're, they're, Coming back in the future, he didn't give that to Kells, Michaela, which he should have because, um, like you know, they're they're also they also should be considered to have bright futures in this challenge game going forward because they know the game. 
Corey yeah, L. I just don't know how much he would have seen of Michaela like in the moment because he only, like with just the one challenge. I don't know how, if he would have seen like what kind of fire she brought to confessionals and that sort of thing. I don't know how involved he is with production like in the moment. Like whereas like Jeff Probes watched everything, but like he would know now that Michaela is fire. Whereas like Michelle bought it from yeah from day very, dot yeah from, from very like good day dot, and like everyone liked her. And even afterwards, everyone still likes her. So she's like, she's absolutely coming back. And it was really good to hear him say that. Like, Corey just pushed somebody and still got the, yeah, you can come back. Yeah, it it was really nice. Uh, So after that, we get them choosing their new partners. And... I want to see what you, okay, Morgan. Yes. I want to see exactly what you have written down. If you took notes or just what your observation on was them choosing partners. Cause I have a feeling it's going to no, deal with I, Ashley. I, I, didn't, I didn't write anything, but Ashley like flat out refusing Huey to pick her. Like she's like, don't pick me. Like, I love dude, you, but no. The, but I love you, but no. Like the dude has just like fought back from the brink against adversity. He had like, this was his moment. And she was just like, no. She's brutal. It was great. <laughs> it was so awesome. And I love what he did. Huey is going to last oh, a while. But He's going to last like, a while this is in the this best, game. The best decision that has been so made. Like, yeah. I, li- I really liked, um, I really, really did like um, when Michelle picked Devin. But I don't think that was Michelle's move as much as it was Devin's. Whereas this was Huey. Like, this was a great decision. Like, you couldn't have picked a better decision. This is the best one. But like when Huey went in to talk to Ashley, Nani was in there. Nani ran straight out of that. Oh, room. that was she's the like, best part. She's like, I'm fucking out. Yeah. For him to then turn around and pick her, she's he's like, not so fast. I'm coming with you. She's like, I do not want to see this. I do not want to see her rip you a new one because she was no. ready. She did not even look in him in the face. <laughs> Uh-uh. She's, She's like, like, I know where I know how this story ends. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, bye. She ran out of yeah, that room. Yeah, she was She's like, totally Casey, out of there. Casey, where are you? So smart of him, though, just to be like, no, this is a smart political game because Nani will raise hell if they try to throw her down there, and so will Casey. So, like, <laughs> such a smart move. Like, thinking, you know, thinking farther ahead. And I'm really glad that Amber B went with Devin and not with CT. Because I'm pretty sure everybody was thinking like, no, take CT, take CT. You guys already won together. But we're only in episode four. You take CT, they're they're going to be a meet. People are already going to think they've won together. They're they're a huge threat in this game. Let's just no, throw them she, down she there now. She makes her target bigger. She makes her target bigger by going with CT. And CT is always a target anyway. So it, now it's not the time for that. And it's like, funny. If, if Josh tries to take credit for them picking Devin, I'm going to laugh so hard because you saw Devin pointing to himself. And you saw CT going, doing little finger points. Pick Devin, pick Devin, pick Devin. So she, you know, she went and she called him the hot commodity, which but is you like, know I think, for a fact, Josh is going to take credit for it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it, this is his game. We're playing mm-hmm. my game this time around. We're doing my thing. Yeah, because like, he initiated this like truce with Devin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's his, it's his whole thing. <laughs> CT's the one pulling all the strings, and everybody's just going along with it. And they're all too He's stupid playing to chess and they're oh playing checkers that, that video though of devin and josh that you guys showed me from a couple seasons ago was just straight perfection uh, was it like what 
it was the one with like Swaggy C and Fessy, like in the in that dark dark ass room. Oh no! It was with the, it was with the, yeah yeah with Wes and Josh, when oh, jo- when Wes was like trying to like tell him straight up like, I don't care about you. You're not a threat to me. All right, Wes, if that's the way it's gonna be, no 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 no. Don't take offense to anything. I'm telling you now, you don't have to worry about me. I'm not I'm... coming for you. <laughs> no yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And like every, uh, like if you look at uh. God, what was he? Te- I think I think Devin was telling Josh he couldn't do math last season. So Josh, so Devin was like yelling at him, like, "What's eight times nine? What's eight times nine? Like, and it was just such a fucking dick thing. But it was it was so fucking funny. But yeah, Josh will totally take credit for it. But like, I hope, I hope he has with with whatever brain cells he has, he does not like look like FS and be like, "All right, well, you know, like, okay," and this roll over essentially, which is probably gonna happen. You know, like, but I, I hope he doesn't roll over to Fessy and, and like, I re- legitimately hope that there's conflict and that the alliance, you know, is untrustworthy because now it's just like everything's up in the air. And like, the thing is, it's like all these rookies that are stoked, like they're dumb because they're going to still continue to target rookie rookie teams and kind of like put that together as best they can. But I, I you know, it's going to, it looks like we're going to get a lot of Emmy and Gabo in this next episode if they're on their way out. Yeah. I just don't think that Nelly T is going to let this slide. Like, Nelson was the one who was trying to like bring the troops together against Kyle. And you can't say that what Kyle did to Devin is worse than what Fessy did to Josh. And like Nelson was trying to orchestrate that. And Nelson knows what Fessy can do because he did it to him. So I think that Nelson is going to be fueling this fire. Yeah. He's got, they've got the, they've got the weapons. They've got the, the, the people they've got enough rookies it's going to be interesting now to see the way alliances pull and form together in the house because even like with big t big t's put in the most work with the rookies because she's been on the bottom of the vet alliance or that's how she's perceived herself at least you know what i mean when it's just like there's it's like she's not on the bottom of the vet alliance because she's not the biggest threat there's there's bigger threats and there's big there's people who've done stupider shit that that people are going to be worried about like the way Tori came out at Big T, like I, I see Tori as a as a bigger, you know, as lower on the list to go home than, or first on the list to go home as opposed to Big T. So it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out because there's going to be those definite fractions, but there's still those vets in the games that even though this could blow up some some portion of the alliance, they're still shielded by other pieces. But I think that Big, like, Big T has nobody in her corner. Like she would maybe have CT, but like he's here and he can turn on her at drop of a hat. Like she was the first person that was bombed in her heat. So I think that was telling of where she is. And I think she's smart enough to see that. Yeah. At least the fact, the fact that she's like aware of it is, is, is good. Cause some, you know, some of these rookies, the way they're playing, like the, you know, scared cling to certain vets as long as you can. That's not a sustainable game like in like, you know, being more, you know, being able to be more aware of your situation and the fact that you could go in at any point and like you need to have your head on a swivel more like Big T does right now because you need to constantly be ready. And like you need to be ready to, to, to know like something's about to go down. OK, I might need to strike now. And I think that we I think in this season we might see a big move like that come from from Big T. She tried staring stuff up like that last in the previous one. And I think that we might see something similar uh, come come soon her way. Like you know, whether she gets troops against Tori or, or whoever, 
I think Big T's got something in the works. Yeah, I can't wait for it. I'm excited. I'm just like reading back through other notes. Ashley and Huey. Ashley yelling at him. Huey is squealing. Let me off a hair. I quit. When he's I like, quit. I, I quit. I still haven't fallen yet. Why am I still up here? Oh my god. Yeah, we're we're excited to get started with Survivor 41 coming up soon, and I and uh, I'm actually gonna try getting back on the the Big Brother train here, Patty, because I'm gonna. You have... need to this. What this now? Might have... you, you're gonna, you're gonna no. try now. I'm gonna try now. Yeah. Like, now like, you've only watched know, 20 this, like, seasons you can, in a row. You can, like you can totally binge this season. It's oh, been really this good. Season, this um, season, I've, I've really yeah, enjoyed I'm gonna it. That's what I'm wow. gonna binge this season. Yeah. Yeah. This but season has in regards legitimate... to Survivor though. Oh yeah, you go talk about Big Brother first. Oh, okay. But this season legitimately has, I think, the most, the smartest game plan I've ever seen by a woman named uh, Tiffany. And I think she's playing the best Big Brother game that I've seen probably since Ian. And the fact that she was the mastermind that has, that has created this plan, and I don't want to spoil too much for you, but it's called The Cookout. And it is six of the, it is all six of the black people that were in the house from the start. Their plan was to buddy up with another person and then take that and then the cookout then takes that person or like puts you and the other person up on the block together and then they obviously vote out the other like the non-cookout member and that's the way that they've been able to keep this alliance literally hidden until the final eight people like it's, so there's eight it's fantastic. people six of them are people of color and it's awesome and they told and they told one white person that she was the one white person and they still haven't clicked. <laughs> yep. It's it's been fantastic. And these people are, these people because of the history in Big Brother and in reality TV altogether of how people of color have been treated and how their struggle is as in life is much different to that of their white mm-hmm. castmates, they mm-hmm. are playing defense against their own games in a lot of aspects in going to the end with these six people, but they're yeah, still doing it for the greater good. And that's what they, she, I, I don't care. Yeah. I'm spoiling it. That's what she has oh, convinced yeah. them to do. And it is it, absolutely it's, magnificent. It's amazing. It's amazing because you see like they, know that personally if they were to take them this person like their number one or whatever it is like with them through the rest of the game it'd be better for them and they've tried to do it a couple times but it at the end of the day the cookout still wins out it's yeah. it's the greatest alliance that i've ever seen long live the yeah. cookout hell yeah yeah their their commitment to the cause right. yeah is is more important to them mm-hmm. than their own chances of winning and that it is so incredibly rare it, it, no, it's never before so that you'll find in, six in six game. people in an individual game who are willing to sacrifice what is best for them when there is that much money at stake and there is more money this season than ever before in the brother that they are willing to sacrifice that for what this will mean not just for the game but for their people and it is magnificent it's, it's honestly she, she should be absolutely applauded and they all should be applauded for the fact that they're doing Absolutely. this. They should have to do this. It's disgusting that they do, but it has been wonderful to watch. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. get. I'm gonna. Thank you. You guys. I'm sold. I'm Spoiler sold. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get started on that right now. Thank this has been the cutthroat cast. Thank you. <laughs> hang on, hang on. In speaking of that, in speaking of like the differences in people of color playing these shorter shows, make sure you watch Survivor 41 this year, where there will be percent of the cast will be people of color. I fell asleep last night and I meant to text you that because after I watched that video that you had sent me, I was going to say this is the most diverse Survivor cast <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah. So after what happened last year and the events that happened last year, the people of color that have played Survivor kind of banded together and were like, like this is not good enough. We need representation. We need equal representation to make this an even fight for like having four people of color on a 16 people season that's not helpful like these people are always a target because as soon as jeremy and wendell are on the same tribe together it's what they can't be friends like or they're automatically that's target because because of whatever mindset these people come into the game with but it's okay that tony and sarah two white people who have played together, gone to the, like, gone to how long into a game together, been best friends. Like, Amber and Rob are married. And the reaction to them was not as strong as when Wendell stood next to Jeremy on a beach. Yeah, and and you and it's like, survive, uh, I, you think they learned, because this has happened on other, like, Survivor seasons too. What was it? Season four? Um with what his name Sean and her name started with a V. I think it was like Viola or Vesepia. 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 Sorry, sorry. Vesepia. Yeah, they... so they were a part they were a part of this like this group of ex survivors um who um really did like campaign for this, campaign change in Survivor. And Yeah, cuz that happened that's why Sean got eliminated on his season cuz they they yeah. felt that they had, the two of them had a connection and he's like, "Yeah, we have a connection cuz we're African American and we have like we understand you know the struggles of of being african-american like we're always going to have that bond but it doesn't mean that we necessarily have an alliance together and like they couldn't and they couldn't separate that for them and yeah i'm I'm glad that they had called survivor out on this because survivor has a season where it's battle of the races like you know they they need yes so so it's just like they pitted black people and asians white people and like just because Yeah. yeah like just because you look the same as someone it, that means nothing. nothing. Like all white people don't like all white people. I hate like, most of us. So, so I'm gonna be honest. Oh, I hate everyone. But like, oh, it made me so. Uh, that season is just awful. Yeah. It, it, yeah. What a dumb idea that was. Dumb, stupid ass concept. Yeah, it's so fucking dumb. Uh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad you actually you brought that up, and we we could talk about that here in, yeah. instead of me, you know, bringing that up in our group chat because that, that was a really good point. So. Very excited for Survivor 41. I'm going to catch up Survivor on... Survivor 41, on... September 22, I Let's think. Go. Yeah. day before my Let's 21st. Go. Let's uh, yeah. Go. And happy birthday to us this month. Fuck yeah, Patty. Yeah, happy birthday. Hell yeah, Patty. Hell yeah, Morgie. When's your birthday, Morgie? September yeah. 16. Woo! Hell yeah. Woo. Right, put together some We're both 21. <laughs> nice. What's, what's the drinking age in Australia? Is it 21? 18. 18. 18 ah. and you can't drive by yourself to your 18 either really mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 hard ah. it's harder and harder to drive or i mean you could still drive at 16 here but it's it's harder they're making they've yeah, made it a little harder and harder. A harder i didn't i didn't drive until i was 18 
So yeah, well, I didn't have my like license until I was seventeen. So you can get your learner's permit when you're sixteen, but you have to drive with like an early licensed adult, and you have to do like when I was driving, it was like 120 hours of learning between 16 and 18. When you're 18, you can get your license. And when you were 18, when I turned 18, it was just, okay, go. Like you, or you couldn't, you couldn't, uh, like if you were, uh, had a bleh, and blood alcohol level, you couldn't have any alcohol in your system at all between 18 and 21. Um, but after 21, you'd be 0.05 and under. But oh, okay. when, when now, like there are restrictions on how many people you can have in your car when you're like a red pea plater, which is from 18 to 21, I think. And like the, how powerful your car can be. The Save lives that pe- way, yeah. The, the, yeah. the people, people most prone to accidents are in that age demographic. Um, so, yeah, those are, that's our um, driving situation. But you can drink at 18. And you can gamble at 18, but you can't drive before then. Hey, interesting. You learn something something new every day. All right, well, this has been the Cutthroat Cast. Guys, follow us online. Thank you, guys. Come back next week for more Australian facts.